1: Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
2: And it's a Wednesday morning, November 29th. Great to be with you on a Wednesday and every day here at the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. Thanks so much for your listenership and asking for prayers for our affiliates that are having uh, mini drives or end-of-the-year drives. And that includes Ave Maria Radio. Keep us in your... Uh, or as Father Mitch and Mother Angelica always say, between your gas and electric bills. And as I said yesterday, because it was Giving Tuesday, and if you haven't given yet, just a thought that when you're giving to Catholic Radio, EW10 and your local radio affiliate, you are giving to outlets that not only are encouraging you in your own faith, but are making such a difference in terms of planting seeds and spreading the gospel. So something to think about for your charitable giving over the holiday season. Okay, I'm so excited about this book because I love books that talk about intelligent design. So this book, it just came out from Sophia, my publisher of my last three books, God's Grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design. It's edited by Ann Gallagher. She's a PhD, but there are several contributors on this wonderful book, and we are going to be speaking with... Dr. J. Richards about this beautiful book. He has one heck of a resume and I'll I'll share the details with you uh, after the news, but I'm so excited because there are so many wonderful people featured in this book that talk about intelligent design and they quote so many teachings from the church. And, And if you're ever having, and we all have them, right? If you're ever having a bad day, or you're thinking what in the world is going on? As I always say, remember that God is still God, as Mother has sumped along from the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist always says and he's good at it, but he's still God, and he's very large, as I say, and very much in charge. So go to a place of beauty. I don't care if it's a pond down the street. I don't care if it's a local lake. I don't care if you live in a mountainous area. If your backyard has flowers, I don't care if you can just look, at the, look out the window, which I did this morning, and I was saying my prayers, and I saw the sunrise. And just remember who did that. It didn't just happen by happenstance, okay? God is, well, he's God. He's omnipotent, all-knowing, but there's so much beauty in the world that we tend to miss when we focus only on our problems or the negative. So just as I think it's a great time to reflect as we're moving into the Advent season when we're called to slow down and wait, and we're going to have great interviews this week on Advent with Father Mitch Paqua. And also Father Chris Alar. So you want to stay tuned for that for later in the week. But I'm really excited about this book, and you can get it through the EW Chamber of Religious Catalog, the Avamira bookstore, and also, of course, our friends at Sophia. Sophia Press, God's Grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design. And speaking of intelligence, our very own Joan Lewis is going to be joining us at 39 minutes past the hour. A couple of stories that are breaking, including the fact that the Holy Father is not going to be going to the uh, environmental summit over in Dubai. She'll give us an update. He's doing much better in terms of the flu, but doctors orders. They want him to stay back and rest. And there's a breaking story that broke through the AP yesterday, Associated Press, and catholic news agency has an excellent update you can check that out but joan also has the latest from rome on this particular story involving allegedly cardinal burke and the pope so we'll uh, take a look at that as well also another story you need to cover or follow i should say is the fact that bishop rhodes a wonderful bishop in the united states has spoken out against a university in his diocese a catholic college that is now saying that oh we have to be inclusive and allow men who identify as women, to attend a Catholic women's college. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep you up to date. But remember, God is still God. Do never, never, ever let yourself give in to discouragement because that's not who we are. All right. Weather forecast today. We have heavy rainfall in parts of the country and some severe weather potential increasing across the south. And we also have very chilly temperatures. We have snowfall downwind of the Great Lakes, will diminish through the day but there's a system now in other parts of the country tracking for example across California forecast to intensify across the southern plains through tomorrow and there is severe weather and heavy rainfall possible from eastern Texas through the lower Mississippi Valley into the weekend now those cold temperatures in the midwest and other parts of the country it's going to warm up a bit we are having extremely low temperatures in Michigan normally it's not this cold or only in the 20s this week so far but it is going to warm up to more normal end of November temperatures in our part of the country including the mid 40s to probably around 50 degrees. Right now it's already, my goodness, five minutes past the hour. A lot of news to get through, so let's get started. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Twelve more hostages have been released by Hamas as part of an extended ceasefire deal with Israel. Yesterday's swap came after a temporary pause in fighting was extended an additional two days. In exchange, 30 additional Palestinian detainees were released from Israeli prisons. And that six-day truce between Israel and Hamas is set to expire today, following, again, more swaps of hostages and prisoners. Richard Engel has the latest from Israel on the diplomatic push for a more long-term solution to the conflict.
1: The United States and other countries are pushing to extend that truce at least several more days to allow more hostages to be released, more exchanges to take place, and more Americans to be set free.
2: An estimated 170 people still being held hostage. The University of California, Berkeley, is facing a lawsuit accusing the school of failing to stop the threat of anti-Semitism on campus. The suit filed in federal court yesterday claiming on campus displays of hatred, harassment and physical violence against Jews has erupted since the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas attacked Israel back on October 7th. And on the other side of the country in Massachusetts, Harvard is now under investigation by the Department of Education over anti-Semitic incidents that have happened since the war. The investigation announced yesterday is meant to determine if civil rights violations have taken place on campus. Lisa G tells us the New York Police Department preparing for potential protests during the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting this week. Pro-Palestinian organizers have posted on social media for their supporters to flood the ceremony in support of Gaza. Reports say police have been told to push the protesters to the outside of the celebration. Just last week during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade,
1: some pro-Palestinian protesters glued themselves to the pavement with 30
2: protesters being issued summonses and four others criminally charged for resisting arrest. In other news this morning, the Pentagon says missiles from a rebel-controlled area of Yemen in the direction of a Navy warship were not intended for the vessel.
1: Uh, I can't speak for what the intended target's target was uh, and, and would have to refer you to the, the Houthi rebels to talk to that.
2: Pentagon Press Secretary Pat Ryder saying at a briefing yesterday the US would do whatever is necessary to protect its forces but would not forecast any specific strikes. The missile landing near the USS Mason in a commercial tanker, but the Pentagon addressed that weren't singled out. Sunday's incident came after there have been numerous attacks on U.S. entities in the region since the start of the Israel Hamas war. Bishop Kevin Rhodes, as we mentioned earlier, confronting a Catholic women's college over its recent decision to accept transgender applicants. The president of St. Mary's College announcing recently that the Notre Dame, Indiana College would accept males who claim to be female, referring to them as those who consistently live and identify as women. Rhodes strongly criticized criticizing that decision in a detailed statement, saying he urges the board of trustees of St. Mary's, to correct its admission policy in fidelity to the Catholic identity and mission it is charged to protect. He heads the diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend where St. Mary's is based. He further urged the college to reject ideologies of gender that contradict the authoritative teachings of the Catholic church regarding the human person, sex, and gender. Every Catholic institution he says has the duty to uphold the truth of the gospel and to accompany with love all who struggle to accept and live the church's teachings. John Lewis will have more on this developing story. A statement released last night by the director of the Holy See Press Office saying even though the Holy Father's general health situation has improved in relationship to the flu and respiratory tract inflammation he has been suffering from, his doctors have asked the Pope not to undertake his scheduled visit to Dubai in the coming days on the occasion of the 28th Conference of the Parties to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Matteo Bruno from the Bruni from the press office saying that upon the advice of doctors, Pope Francis, with great regret, has canceled his visit. It was scheduled for December 1st to the 3rd, and on Saturday he was to address the assembly. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be buried in her hometown of Plains in South Georgia. That will happen today. The private service and burial follows a tribute service held yesterday at a church at the Emory University Atlanta campus. All living First Ladies. The former president, Bill Clinton, and President Joe Biden did attend the service, along with hundreds of mourners. Megan Fitzgerald tells us the 41 trapped construction workers in a collapsed tunnel in the Himalayas are all safe in London. She says they're working on now an infrastructure project.
1: These crews are working on this massive project aimed at connecting various sites together through uh, this network of roads. But a landslide caused a portion of the nearly three-mile-long tunnel to collapse.
2: Officials saying Indian rescuers drilled for days through the debris to reach them. The low-wage workers were from some of the country's poorest areas, and they were trapped for 17 days. The tunnel originally caved in on November 12th. The men were pulled out on stretchers to a three-foot-wide steel pipe. Officials welcomed the first of the men out with a marigold flower garland, greeting them in the traditional Indian style. And Congressman Ronnie Jackson is calling on Joe Biden to get a cognitive test or drop out of the presidential race. You
1: know, look at what's going on right now domestically. I mean, what he's done to our country. And he's not in control. He does not know what's going
2: on. The Texas Republican is a former White House physician for former President Trump. He's concerned that something could be wrong with the 81-year-old commander-in-chief, and it's becoming, he says, too much for the country to handle. Rory O'Neill tells us a president's son, meanwhile, will testify before a congressional committee, and that will happen in just a few weeks. Hunter
0: Biden will testify before the House Oversight Committee December 13th. A letter from Hunter Biden's lawyer confirms the president's son is willing to testify in an open hearing. The younger Biden was subpoenaed earlier this month as part of the Oversight Committee's impeachment probe. The committee has also asked the president's brother, James
1: Biden, to appear for an interview December 6th.
2: Federal drug agents say meth has become more popular in large cities such as Detroit, and they're working to get the drug off the streets. Drug Enforcement Agency Detroit Division Special Agent in Charge, Orville Green says meth in the area and other areas is coming from Mexican drug cartels.
0: Yeah, obviously we're very concerned uh, because also with the difference with the meth coming from Mexico is that it's it's a lot purer. We're talking upwards of 98% to 100% purity.
2: He says it is being sold under the guise of being prescription medication, which puts children and seniors at risk as they don't think they are taking meth. Around 80% of the meth seized in the state this year has been in Metro Detroit. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says getting serious about border security starts with fixing the Biden administration's border crisis.
0: Any serious supplemental legislation with a shot of passing the Senate in the coming weeks will have to take meaningful steps toward fixing The Biden administration's border crisis.
2: On the Senate floor, McConnell saying illegal migration has left the asylum and parole systems in desperate need of reform. He added there needs to be meaningful policy changes addressing the southern border before any supplemental national security legislation could pass the Senate. Disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch was formally sentenced yesterday for nearly two dozen financial crimes. The judge in the case expressed his disgust stealing from his clients. You
0: decided that the
2: only joy you're concerned about was your own. He pleaded guilty in exchange for a 27 year prison sentence. They included a scheme to his problems, included a scheme to steal $4 million in life insurance funds from his late housekeeper. Home prices are on the rise to so the eighth straight month. The latest S&P case Schiller National Home Price Index shows prices were nearly 4% higher in September compared with the same month a year ago. Prices continue to rise even as 30-year fixed mortgage rates approached 8%. Detroit, San Diego, and New York leading the way among the top metro areas with annual increases of more than 6%. And speaking of prices going up, get ready to dig a little deeper if you want that real Christmas experience. The American Christmas Tree Association says prices this year are up 10%. Blame it on inflation, higher gas prices, they say, transportation costs, and trees lost to wildfires. Tyler Stokes is part of the family Christmas tree farm in California, about 15 miles east of downtown San Diego. And he says this is what you'll pay for the smell of the season
0: seven to eight foot dug fir, they're a hundred dollars we actually grow our own pine trees as christmas trees you could get a nice seven to eight foot tree for just 70 bucks
2: the most popular day to buy a christmas tree is the first saturday in december which of course would be this weekend and with most families feeling financial pressure it's important to avoid allowing your christmas shopping to dig you into a financial hole family finance expert elizabeth kiss says holiday spending can be like an addiction so it's important to make a list plan a budget but most importantly base those decisions on this question
1: what is the minimum that we need to have a joyous holiday for most people it's way less than what they're actually
2: thinking they need to do and she says people need to keep in mind that the holidays are not about wearing the most expensive clothes or buying the flashiest gifts but instead should be focused on creating lasting memories, enjoying time with loved ones, and loving yourself by being gentle with your wallet. But also, most importantly, she didn't say this, but we are because we're Catholic Radio. How about remembering the real reason for the season, as in Jesus? Fifteen minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And speaking of our amazing Lord, we'll talk about his grandeur. The book is God's grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design, a new book published by our friends at Sophia Press. We'll be right back. People
0: ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866 Ave Maria or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
3: The wisdom of Mother Angelica. You remember the time I said on the Code of Confession. And when you're done, go out and have a big ice cream soda. Celebrate. And a man wrote to me, he says, You know, I hadn't gone to confession in 30 years. Do you mind if I went and had a pizza? (laughs) I said, Oh, have 20 pizzas.
1: EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic.
2: Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? Eighteen minutes past the hour. It's a Wednesday morning. It's November 29th, 2023. And you're listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production, of course, of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. So excited about this book, as I was mentioning at the top of the hour. The title of the book, Oz Grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design, published by our friends at Sophia. And one of the contributors, Dr. J. Richards, is with us. And I want to give you a shortened version of his bio. Very impressive, of course, CV, resume. But I, in order to give more time to him, I want to make sure we uh, just shorten it just a little bit. But he's a director of the Richard and Helen DeVos Center for Life, Religion, and Family. And the William E. Simon Senior Research Fellow, Religious, Liberty, and Civil Society at the wonderful Heritage Foundation, Love the Heritage Foundation. They do great work. He formerly served as a research assistant professor at Catholic U of America. He holds his Ph.D. from Princeton Theological Seminary, also a senior fellow at the amazing Discovery Institute and executive editor of the stream, author or editor of more than a dozen books creator and executive producer of several documentaries, and he's been all over the airwaves, including right here on EWTN, Fox News, CBS, CNN, and even survived interviews on MSNBC as well. So, Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Now, I was telling you during the break that uh, we were talking about the readings tonight. I almost fell off my chair when I was reading the Magnificat this morning, because listen to the Responsorial Psalm in relationship, Doctor, to what we're talking about with this book. Give glory and eternal praise to him. Sun and moon, bless the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. Stars of heaven, bless the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. Every shower and dew, bless the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. All you winds, bless the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. So that's just part of the Responsorial Psalm for today, the day we're doing this interview on this book coincidence doctor what do you think good morning
0: uh, that, that's great it's so funny because i hadn't even done the readings yet this morning and so um, yeah it's a perfect coincidence uh, wonderful providence i mean th- this book is honestly a, a, a labor of love for uh, both the editor and gager who's a, a biologist uh and many of the contributors because um yeah it actually you, you know we had to work on it during covid it's been in the works for several years but it, it's really an attempt to just bring together uh, in one short volume for ordinary readers, uh, the amazing amount of evidence from the natural world, from God's created order, from His general revelation of Himself, as the you know the Psalms actually describe these heavenly bodies as glorifying God actively. Uh, but it, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to sort of buy into the materialistic gloss on natural mm-hmm. science. It says, well, when we're looking at the natural world. Uh, the the world doesn't point beyond itself. It doesn't give any evidence of design or purpose. That's the kind of intellectual orthodoxy. It's absolutely not true. And in fact, there's probably never been a better time to be a theist than to be a Catholic uh, than in the 21st century, if you actually look at the evidence of science rather than this materialistic gloss on the evidence.
2: So tell us about your contribution to this wonderful book. Yeah, my contribution, though, I... Uh, have worked
0: in this area for a long time. I was actually co-author of a book called The Privileged Planet with astronomer Garamond Gonzalez. But in this chat book, I actually, my contribution was to drill down on the question of Darwinian evolution. Because mm. Catholics often say, well, if you be believe in God and evolution? And I say, well, what do you mean by evolution? It means like eight different things. It can mean change over time. It can mean that natural selection explains some things. Or it can be this claim that purely blind processes that in biology, natural selection and random genetic mutations explain everything. And then random, if you look at the way it's defined, is undirected, unpurposeful. Um, And so if that's right, it's literally we're the result of an undirected and purposeless process. Well, not even God can direct an undirected process. That's just logic. And so, um, but a lot of people don't quite realize that, that the way the term random is often defined in Darwinian theory is blind and purposeless, and so my, my job was actually to just drill down on that, because some Catholic intellectuals say, well, we can kind of reconcile this very easily with, with Catholic theology, and I argue that no, if random means undirected and purposeless, uh, which is what Darwinian theory, theorists almost always mean, uh, then we still have a problem, however you want to try to accommodate other aspects of the theory.
2: So what does the church, and I'm asking you a very big question that you, you, I'm sure, because of your intelligence, you can answer in about 60 seconds, but but (laughs) give us just like like a a general uh, overview, because there's a lot of confusion about what the church teaches about evolution, what the church says about evolution.
0: There is, and a lot of it comes down really to that word evolution, and that's why in this book we spend a lot of time on it. Uh, John Paul, for instance, uh, Pope Paul. St. John Paul spoke about this. He talked about. He even said we should talk about theories of evolution. Um, So it's not as simple as saying, "Well, Catholics can't believe in evolution because it means so many different things." On the other hand, um, it's clear, for instance, that uh, that we absolutely have to affirm that humans all descend from a single pair of human beings. So polygenism is out. In other words, you you know, different races from different Mm -hmm. origins, for instance, that's out. Uh, the idea that this is a blind and purposeless process, that's out. The Catholics are, of course, certainly free to believe in the kind of standard ages of cosmology. You can say, yeah, there's uh, at least aspects of Darwinian theory that, you know, are empirically well-grounded. And so that, thats it's hard to sort of answer that in 60 seconds, but it's, it's funny because when I, I studied this issue, uh, the late Pope Benedict was actually mm-hmm. really, really, really good on this and, and, and pre- preached sermons on it uh over the years and really was able to kind of separate the issues the trick is to separate the kind of materialistic gloss on science which says everything's a result of a blind process from the real evidence of science and that requires some some depth depth and some you know and some knowledge of the science details
2: there are so many amazing contributors to this book in addition to yourself can you share some of them with us
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, a friend of mine, Rob Toons, actually is a is a Catholic philosopher from the University of Texas. John Bernsma is a professor at Franciscan University. Michael Behe, a, a biochemist, a famous book "Darwin's Black Box" is at Lehigh University. Gunther Beckley is actually a a very prominent uh, paleontologist from Germany. Who actually became Catholic really when he was about 45 years old He's been a lifelong atheist as a contributor, um, a professor at the Legionaries of Christ University in, in, uh, Rome. It just goes on and on. Jay Budashevsky. I, I love him. Jay Budashevsky. I love him. He's amazing. He is terrific. He is. Then Michael Egnor, who's actually a, a pediatric neurosurgeon, uh, and I think also an adult convert, um, has contributions. So it's a, it's a mix of, but really philosophers and natural scientists for the most part of
2: the book. Amen. Well, let's talk more, and please stay around. We have one more segment with Dr. Jay Richards. Need more time. I'm so excited about this book. I love this kind of stuff. God's Grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design, published by our friends at Sophia Institute Press. And I love the quote from Benedict that they're using to promote this beautiful book. We are not some casual and meaningless product of evolution. Each of us is a result of a thought of God each of us is willed, loved, and necessary. Pope Benedict XVI. We'll be right back. Dr. Jay Richards joining us, one of the excellent contributors to this beautiful book, God's Grandeur The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design. So Jay, you were saying that you were putting this together with the other contributors and, and Sophia mm-hmm. during COVID. What was the, the impetus for the book? What were you thinking and, and when they contacted you, or how did this all come about in terms of the idea for the book itself?
0: Yeah, you know, it came about because of this little word, intelligent design, which um, is sort of very often baffling to Catholics, it seems, at a certain level. I mean, obviously, Catholics believe that the world is intelligently designed, and we also believe, fact, like we're told, that you can know that God exists from the natural world. So the the knowledge of God is actually, that's a a subject of reason. Now you get the Trinity and there's certain truths of the faith that we get from special revelation, but uh, we can know by reason that there is a Creator. So that seems like, okay, this seems like a no-brainer for Catholics, but uh, some some people, especially some Catholic intellectuals, think that intelligent design is some kind of weird Protestant thing, or uh, that there's some sort of strange thing to it, or they'll say, well, but no, Catholics can believe in evolution, and intelligent design is anti-evolution. And so it's all that kind of bundle of confusion that we thought, you know, there really just needs to be one book specifically by and for Catholics uh, that boils down this stuff, because I've been involved, uh, gosh, for 20-some-odd years now in the so-called intelligent design movement, which is really an intellectual community of, of scholars that is interested in drawing out this evidence from nature. Um, and I had just so much so much kind of confusion and even misrepresentation, and so that was really why we did it, is we thought, okay, there just needs to be kind of a focus on very kind of specific Catholic questions, and so that's why this book, it, it talks about the science, it talks about the theology, and it talks about the philosophy, so we tackle all those things.
2: Once we lose, though, a sense of wonder, that's really a problem, isn't it?
0: It is, and Chesterton, of course, wrote a lot about that, that, you know, when you're a, a child, a young child, just a trivial kind of mundane things are exciting, really exciting. Oh, a rock, you know? Wow, look at this. Um, We lose that, and that is, in some ways, it's like we lose a certain sense. It's like losing your sense of smell or something, this sense of wonder in which you look at the natural world, and we're meant to be able to read through the world to its meaning, like we read through a text to the intentions of its author. But it's easy, especially in, in a modernist education. It can be only, almost designed to prevent you from actually being able to see that so that we get amazing evidence, like the fine-tuning of the, the constants of physics. That That's a discovery in the 20th century, or the realization that the, that the universe had a beginning, and that's not just the truth of faith. We know that because we can see the redshift of the galaxies, and we know the universe is expanding. It is not eternal. It had a beginning in the finite past. Those are discoveries of the 20th century that are very strongly uh, uh, confirming to the things we believe as Catholics, and yet uh, we, we very often, people don't kind of connect the dots on those things. It's tragic.
2: Yeah, it's tragic, and I think it's it's very short-sighted because if you start connecting the dots in any area, you and I were talking about during the break, there was a story that, that surfaced on the wires this morning. One of the wire services we use talking about the state of Virginia is opening up a special online clinic to deal with the rise in syphilis cases, and this is the state of Virginia. This is just one state, and every year, for example, and you know this, the CDC Centers for Disease Control yeah. comes out with a report on the epidemic of stis every year they say the same thing and every year they say we need more birth control how that's been working for us i don't know because the numbers keep going up but it's like okay there is a there is a place for that physical relationship between a man and a woman when you take that out of marriage what's the result i mean just just look at the facts
0: right no absolutely absolutely and that's a connection that's the that's the natural law is first just natural consequences for actions that uh, teaches us, okay, promiscuity leads to bad things. Uh, that teaches you even being, without being told that promiscuity uh, is wrong. There's also the natural law, of, the, the, the laws of nature in physics and chemistry and biology that we discover uh, that also point to a divine origin. And so it's no surprise that in the emergence of materialism in the 20th century, we would lose both a sense of wonder Uh, the natural world, but also a sense that there's a natural morality, there's basically rules that are built into created structures, and we deny them at our own peril.
2: Yeah, and and I think, Doctor, that this time of year, we're going into Advent, the time of contemplation, reflection, and waiting, Mm -hmm. and if you think about how, because your book is filled with people like yourself who are so intelligent and, and understand how things work and help us understand that as well, but it, it's extremely humbling and should humble us and bring us to our knees. And we think about the fact that God came to us and humbled himself and came to us as a little child. And imagine Jesus walking around the earth and, and looking at people. And real, I, I mean, if that were me, I'd be like, oh, I made that. I made that. I made that, <laughs> right? Exactly. Ooh, look at what I did, right? But the I humility of there. God, right?
1: Yes.
0: It's, it's just right. incredible There's- to me. It is. And that, you know, this is, I think, kind of the most important thing for us to remember when we're looking at it nature is that God came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ, and he did not drop into an alien world. It's not like he dropped in, you know, like an alien from another uh, universe. This is the created order that he made, and it points uh, to his existence and reality, and it in some sense actually glorifies it. And this, the scriptures tell us this in Genesis 1, that God puts these lights in the sky as signs, uh, for signs and seasons. And this is this is still true. And so our job is uh, not to say, well, too bad, you know, the, the universe doesn't testify to God's glory in existence. Our job is to make sure we're tuned to the right frequency so that mm. we can see and can hear that, because that's that's the modern Malady is that we don't see and hear it. Even at a time when I, I would argue, there's never been a time uh, in history in which we know more about right. the universe that points to God than we do right now. Just just that single example of the Big Bang cosmology that we know now, the universe. At a beginning, we know that whatever the ultimate reality is, it has to be eternal because it can't pop into existence uncaused out of nothing. Well, guess what? The physical universe is now a really bad candidate for ultimate existence. In reality, yeah. it needs something outside itself to to, uh, to explain where it came from. Well,
2: okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. And being that you're such a brilliant man and, and, and you're, you are know, you have a Ph.D. and, and you're extremely intelligent <laughs> in terms of undering understanding intelligent design, what keeps you grounded in terms of when you're having a rough day, and sometimes you're like, oh, my goodness, and, and you really need that shot in the arm spiritually in terms of the grandeur of God. What helps you?
0: You know, honestly, there there is something about the night sky that, mm. that really does it for me. I don't know why that is. and I mean, this is you know, sort of the, the, the psalm that talks about the night sky and the daytime sky, and part of that is probably because I grew up Uh, In the Panhandle of Texas, it's 3,600 feet above sea level. It's super dry, and so you can really see the stars, unlike D.C., where I live now. And so there is something about that. And you notice in the world's literature that there's something about the night sky and the moon that seems to draw people out of themselves, and that's honestly. I mean, if you think about it, that people love to look at now these these images from the James Webb Space Telescope or the previous Hubble Telescope that sort of remind us of that. And so, I do think there's something that both uh, you know it inspires a sense of awe, but it can also inspire a sense of kind of smallness. Like, wow, yeah. you know, this is a very, very, very big universe, and so you're drawn back to this kind of this paradox that right. the world isn't all about me. Um, in fact, I'm a tiny little dot, uh, you know, in terms of physical volume of the universe. And yet God absolutely knows me by name and knows yep. every hair on my head. Both Amen. Both of those things, I think, yeah. you know.
2: Doctor, thank you so much. I have to take you back on. I have a gazillion other questions, but I'm so appreciative of this book and the great work of all the contributors and of Sophia Press, God's Grandeur, The Catholic Case for Intelligent Design, recently released by SophiaInstitute.com. Dr. J. Richards, one of the contributors, has been our guest today. We'll be right back. More Catholic Connection coming your way. Stay tuned. 39 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection on a busy Wednesday morning. It's Wednesday, so we head over to Rome because Joan knows Rome. Joan's Rome, of course. Joan Lewis all right so a couple of breaking stories out of the eternal city of uh, first the holy father not going to be going to the summit this weekend in dubai correct
3: exactly and i'm so happy when the Vat. i was happy when the vatican announced that last night because even several days ago you know saturday we just got this vague thing that the holy father you know had a problem breathing and then monday morning we get the full scoop from the Vatican press office which could have been said Saturday afternoon um, namely that the father the holy father went to the hospital he has inflammation of the lungs um, he is he was treated he is being treated uh well he was for several days anyway being treated intravenously with an antibiotic now we didn't see any bandage i didn't see any bandage on his hand today which looks like maybe the intravenous thing it, it's either you know taking place, but the bandage is off on his hand, because it looks like that's where the they would have had the needle go in for, for intravenous. But anyway, um, he just seemed so, you know, a couple of days ago, even, it's like, holy father, how can you even think of right. going to Dubai for the climate conference? And and today, Theresa, if you saw him at the end or heard him at the general audience, um, a very very weak voice. There's no way that in two days, 48 hours, he could have gotten on a plane A for a long trip and then B, you know, uh, okay, fine, somebody else could have read a homily or read his speech, but just the physical act of getting to Dubai and then getting to your residence and getting around. If you're having a problem breathing, so um, the fact that the doc- I'm sure the doctors pretty much had to insist on this because uh, and said to him, "Hey, holiness, you know, <laughs> if you, if you go, here's what can happen. So, uh, you know, here's how things could conce- conceivably get worse. So, obviously, it had to be very regretful. I mean, you and I are always taking trips to have to right. cancel them. You know, would right. would be a very troublesome thing, but I'm glad it's being done, and maybe he can make a video, except right now his voice is so, it's just so weak and uh, raspy that I don't even know how he could make a video, but uh, we'll find out probably in, you know, 48 hours. He was scheduled, let's see, to travel on Friday, and then he was scheduled to address this COP28 conference on Saturday, so maybe between now and Saturday his voice will get better. and. You know, Friday afternoon or something, he can make a video. But Mm -hmm. uh, thank the Lord, this week I tweeted him the other day. Actually, I went on his account. I keep saying tweet. I know I should say X, but um, the tweet is like the accepted
2: the accepted verbiage, though. And I still think it's going to be hard to break out of that. I I believe it is, yeah, Yeah,
3: because how can you say I X him? You know, you can't anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I I went on the the papal. you know, Twitter slash X account, and I said, Holy Father, you know, I I really hope you think twice about making this trip your health is much more important than going to a climate conference. Mm -hmm. uh, If you make a video, that would be terrific. So um, I don't know if people know they can tweet the Pope, send him a message. Yeah. Just go to his Twitter account and click on the little arrow (laughs) that you Mm -hmm. see and send him a message. and no, if you want to write him today and say, get well, Holy Father, do so. Yep,
2: yep, so. absolutely. All right, so another yeah. story regarding the Pope that it was uh, broken by the AP and Nicole Winfield, who's a reporter who's been covering uh, the Vatican and the Catholic Church for a while with the Associated Press. Uh, they're citing several unnamed sources that there has been a um, – an issue between the Pope and Cardinal Burke regarding, and Catholic News Agency, you and I saw the story, I sent you the story that CNA reported uh, based right. on the, the the story from the AP that the Pope has apparently saying that he can't uh, use a Vatican apartment anymore and also is canceling his salary. What do we know about that?
3: Well, nothing official. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, because people, I posted something, you know, on, on Facebook and on my blog, but I was very quick to say to people, I will not be saying anything more about this story. Let's hope it's fake news. I will only be able to post something when we hear something officially from the Vatican or from Cardinal Burke and uh, preferably both of them. So, um I get, I mean, the Cardinal, as we know, no longer has any official job at the position at the Vatican. He is receiving a salary, um, and I presume that should this news actually be real news, and we hear it officially, I do know that the Cardinal would be um, eligible for a Vatican pension. That That's for sure, and I, I don't know what other kind of a pension he would be getting from his years of service in the US as a bishop but just as far as his um, contract goes, all contracts for Vatican reference uh, uh, residences are done through OPSA, that's the administration, the patrimony of the Holy See and part of that patrimony of course are all the buildings they earn uh, that they own in Rome. Now a contract I mean, I can say what a normal person has. I don't know about a cardinal or or archbishop who works in the Vatican, but you—you generally it's pretty much like any contract someone would sign in America for an apartment, there's going to be a security deposit asked for. Um, I happen to know in the Vatican it's at least three months security deposit is requested. Um, And there's usually a clause in a contract that says that either of the two parties so you as the tenant or the vatican as the rent rentor um it, you can, can break that contract so i suppose there's you know nothing wrong with the holy father calling opsa and saying by the way you know discontinue this contract so um i but the salary i i, I have no idea but Sounds so awful to me. Now, the only reason I wrote, Teresa, that I didn't, well, I don't want to comment on it on my blog or in writing or even here (laughs) until, again, we hear officially A from the Vatican, B from Cardinal Burke, or C both. But the thing is, I had read, and I'm sorry I don't remember where, that another source told, it was either the Pillar or Associated Press that they were in, again, an unnamed source, they were in this same meeting that the Holy Father had last week, days ago, with the heads of the dicasteries in the Vatican, and the Holy Father mentioned Burke as being uh, a sign, if you will, of disunity in the Church, But he seemed to say in a joking manner, and put quotation words around those words, because that's what I read. The Holy Father seemed to be joking when he talked about the apartment, taking away the apartment and, uh, um, you know, and his salary. So it's just something that's out there. Everybody's asking for comments. And again, I just don't. We can't do
2: anything until right. we know. For right, sure. exactly. I mentioned yeah. it because it was, it was reported, and you and I were going back and forth this morning, on our very legitimate and well-balanced news source of Catholic sure. news agencies. So I, I wanted to bring it right. up because I'm getting emails on it. But I think, again, it's important. This is one of those... This is one of those opportunities, uh, Joan, where we can talk about importance of discernment of the media. And and, and you just mentioned that we that this this story. Now the reporter involved is is pretty thorough, from what I understand, in terms of I'm not don't well, I yes. always agree yes. with her tone, but I think she's yes. she's a, an excellent journalist. She does her homework, and so she doesn't very flippantly go off and say, "Oh, unnamed sources." I mean, she no, she no. does her homework. And they call it yeah, to yeah, be respected yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. So that's another reason why um, you know we, we put this story out there, and I'm sure the Catholic news agency is looking at that as well but at the same exactly. time we need to take a breath and 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 wait and understand that sometimes these things can be misinterpreted or misrepresented depending on the source and depending on how as you said how they were stated and so saying that a source of disunity if that exactly did happen then that's something that the media would cling to and run it's great for tweets it's great for headlines it's great for clickbait sure. and so again when you're reading these things take a breath and say okay let's let's see let's see what happens and and understand the process which is why i wanted you to explain it a little bit in terms of what happens with different apartments and properties that the that the different uh... leaders of the church use in rome
3: exactly well you know then we're going to have to once there is some kind of official confirmation or denial um... then then we take it from there And it's just, however, even the fact that this is out there so far without uh, official uh, confirmation, just the fact that it's out there, anybody else, we have to look at if the the Holy Father is calling Cardinal Burke out as a sign of disunity, it's going to be for pretty much the same reason that uh, what happened to Bishop Strickland happened. And that is to say... Uh, Burke is in that same category of people who have asked questions of the Holy Father on why he's done or taught or said or written this or that. Um, so if you're seen to be critical or questioning of the Holy Father, that is uh, not a good thing. So will even this rumor of what the Pope may do or have done or will do, um, will this just affect others who? Used to speak out, used to tweet, et cetera, et cetera. Will they now keep them their thoughts to themselves? Um, especially if they were thoughts that uh, you know seemed to criticize or question the Holy Father. So, um, I, to be honest with you, Teresa, I find this all very sad.
2: Me too. And Me too.
3: um Yeah. You just, you just have to feel that way. It's, you know. Just even in civil life, you and I could have an a grievance, I can't even imagine this, (laughs) uh, with each other.
2: Except on how much hot um, pepper I use on my food. That's the only thing we seem to disagree on.
3: um, (laughs) Oh, that's right. I have to leave the room when you do that. (laughs) You know, I I end up being the one who can't breathe because of of all the spicy stuff you put on your food. Uh, Pepperoncino.
2: um, Yep. Mm -hmm. That's our only disagreement as friends. That's it. That's pretty good, I think, in all the years we've been friends. Yeah. And
3: my question, you know, it's not my criticism of you. My question is, how in heaven's name can you do that, Teresa? <laughs> I don't
2: you know. know. But I'm Calabrese. What can I tell major, you?
3: <laughs> not a major thing. Uh doesn't affect our our faith. It doesn't affect, you know, anything else in our relationship. But it's like, you may like red and I may like blue, but we're still going to go on being, you know, marvelous good friends. So, right, right. Um, but you do have to say... Again, until any of this is confirmed or proven, you do have to say, wait a minute, the words always associated with the Holy Father are dialogue, um, respect, understanding, but there's no dialogue in this. There was no dialogue dialogue that we know about, okay? Mm -hmm. There was no dialogue uh, with Bishop Strickland. He was... Uh, the nuncio to the United States, Cardinal Pierre, did call him in to say, by the way, you know, the Holy Father would like you to resign. Of course, Tripland said he couldn't, and then um, uh, the Cardinal said, well, then you know what that means. He will remove you. But the thing is, it's like if you, Francis, have a problem, if something has been brought to your attention as Pope, then... Cardinal Burke said this, or Bishop Strickland said or wrote that, especially if it's something written, it'll be out there on the internet. But why not sit down and say, you know, Bishop Strickland, we've only met once for a few, a few minutes during an odd limited visit, but, but you tell me what your problem is. Why did you say I'm undermining the faith? That would be the logical thing to do. Let's mm-hmm. go back to our friendship. Teresa, if you, if I heard a rumor about you, you heard one about me. The first thing.
2: Right, pick each up of the phone and call do, you. Right, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you
3: know, Teresa, I'm hearing this, and why would somebody say X, Y, Z? You've got to have that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And. Um, at a conference a month ago in the presentation of the new, uh, of his, uh, the catechism that he wrote, wrote, Bishop Athanasius Schneider was asked by Phil Puella of Reuters, uh, who's been covering the Vatican, you know, for over 40 years. He was asked by Phil, he said, is it true that you have, um, personally said to the Holy Father, you, you personally asked questions of him? And, and he said, well, yes, I have. He said, we, I and the Holy Father, We're brother bishops in the Episcopacy, in the College of Bishops, and he said, as brothers, we have a responsibility towards each other, and that includes asking questions or pointing out something that seems inexplicable or wrong. He said you simply have to do
2: that. You could do that
3: with a family member.
2: And we're family in, in the spiritual sense. Joni, we're out of time. Next week we're going to talk to you stateside. You're visiting the U.S. and you'll be with us on a Tuesday. Have a blessed weekend and the start of Advent. We'll be right back on a Wednesday morning edition of Catholic Connection. And check out Joan's amazing blog. JonesRome at WordPress.com. We'll be right back. And make sure you follow good sources Joan, Catholic News Agency, The Register, Raymond, EWTN News Nightly. Great sources. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN, EWTN.com. We will talk to you tomorrow. Adamani with Father Mitch Bakwa and Steve Ray on a Thursday. See you then. Ciao, ciao.
1: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruczek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's ave Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.